You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Cubs. And it's weird because there hasn't been a ton of Cubs stuff for us to really talk about this offseason. It's a really strange thing that we're seeing go on with the 2020 Cubs. There's a lot to digest here. And honestly, there's so much stuff that I don't know that all of it can be done in one podcast. For example, on Friday, Phil Rosenthal of the Tribune wrote about the the fact that the Cubs, while they have deals for carriage on other cable systems, they still have not negotiated a deal with Comcast or what you would know as NBC Sports Chicago. That's the parent company for NBC Sports Chicago. So the place where you used to always think that you were getting Cubs, you're not getting that because they have their own channel because they, they're going to have marquee. But Marquee needs to exist somewhere. And if you're someone who already has a Comcast system, right now it doesn't look like the the channel is going to be on your system. And there's a lot there. And we can look at the example of what happened with the Yankees and Yes Network and discuss it. And if you go back, I actually have a couple of podcasts on this very subject with Jeff Agris of the Sun-Times on this thing, or you can look at what's happened with the Dodgers. I tend to believe that things will get figured out and that Marquee will end up on Comcast, but I'm starting to wonder if that's closer or after opening day, which would suck for a lot of uh, Cubs fans who have Comcast. That's just one thing. And then there's the channel itself. There hasn't been a lot of noise about people that they've hired, and there were some people that you thought they were going to hire that they didn't end up hiring. I've heard a couple of names, and because I know deals aren't done, I'm not going to say anything, but it's been really strange considering that 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 place is supposed to launch in like seven weeks. So there's there's that. Then there's the the on-the-field stuff where it's – been an offseason of inactivity for the Cubs. Now, they didn't lie. I mean, Tom Ricketts was on the score, and he pretty much told you, look, we are in no financial position to make significant changes to our roster via free agency. They, they are in the luxury tax, and whereas before – Maybe that wouldn't have been that big a deal. It's just money. Now, considering the way that the CBA is written, the Cubs could be on the hook for closer to 40 to $50 million because of their being in the luxury tax. So they are trying to shed some of that salary. You've got guys that are going to get raises because of arbitration, like Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras. So it seems like the Cubs are at a point now where they're trying to move one or a couple of those guys so they can get some relief. 
And that's a strange place for this Cubs team to be, considering the Cubs convention is, what, two weeks away or less than two weeks away. Seeing them advertise for tickets to Cubs convention is something new. And I feel as if it's a real um, indicator of where things stand with the fan base. You've heard me talk about this before, the the issue of Chris Bryant and whether or not they should trade Chris Bryant. I I am against trading him. And the reason that I'm against trading him is that I think that he has a chance to be the best player in your franchise's history. Now, I read a piece that David Kaplan wrote for NBC Sports Chicago where he talked to a couple of baseball executives who do not believe that, that believe, like there are a lot of fans who believe that his best days are behind him and he's not 100% healthy and all those things. I just feel like if guys, he's done everything that you've asked him to do for the most part, and the goal is, at least initially, if you were building baseball teams, you wanted to get young talent that help you win and then reward them for it. And it feels like the Cubs kind of missed their window when it came to signing guys to an extension. If you're Chris Bryant... What's the incentive of you signing an extension that isn't what you think you're going to make on the open market? It's possible that Bryant overestimates what he's going to make on the on the open market. But someone, I think, will end up paying him. So there's just been kind of a nothing. There have been a couple of moves here and there by the Cubs, and it's just kind of felt like meh, M-E-H, as Lisa Simpson would say, meh. So I'm not sure what happens next other than you brought in the new manager, and I I keep thinking about David Ross, and what have I signed on to? And while we were all feeling bad for Joe Madden, maybe Joe Madden ends up coming out of this thing clean because he gets to start over in a place that has the best baseball player on the planet and an owner who just keeps spending money. Oh, and they just brought in Anthony Rendon, which should open the door for the Nationals to try and make a move for Chris Bryant. But it seems like at the time that I'm recording this that things have just stopped on the trade Chris Bryant front. And there's part of me that's really happy with that because I feel like he's the type of player that should be in a Cubs uniform for a really long time. And I know not everyone agrees with me. It was funny, though, on Saturday was uh, Chris's birthday. And the Cubs, as they do with all their players, player's birthday, they tweet it out, they put it on Instagram, and you look at some of the, the the replies, and the replies are like, if you really want to celebrate his birthday, give that man a contract extension. If they do end up trading him, I wonder what the reaction is going to be like. And I get it. Like, I understand why I understand why the team feels like it needs to get from out under some of this luxury tax stuff. And 
that they probably think of the players that they are willing to trade, because I don't think they're willing to trade Javier Baez, Bryant is going to give them the most in return. But the fact that nothing's happened yet and that the free agency, and maybe that's what Theo and Jed are doing. They're waiting to see the free agent market just dry up, and maybe then they'll have more options and maybe a little bit more leverage. I'm trying to see it from their point of view on this. Maybe if there are teams that feel like they missed out on particular players, then they'll have no choice if they want to be in a contending window but to make a deal with the Cubs. But imagine me as a shrug emoji. That's exactly how I look right now. Okay. We'll see what happens. In the meanwhile, I had a conversation with Sam Fells, and Sam uh, does a really great job with his website, faxesfromuncledale.com. He's mostly known to be a guy that covers hockey, but he loves baseball, and he's been spreading out with some thoughts on baseball over the last few months. So I like talking with him. He's He's got wit, and he's got an edge to him. We had a conversation specifically about where things stand with the Cubs and Chris Bryant, and I thought that you would appreciate hearing an opinion that you don't ordinarily hear. So here's me talking Cubs with Fells. Your Cubs coverage has been something that people need to really pay attention to. And you should be following Sam at Fells Gate, Fells Gate on Twitter. I want to know what you think about the way that the Cubs season ended, the changes that they've made, and what you expect to happen next. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's a lot. I threw a lot um, at you. Well, I mean, I... There's a big the problem with baseball now. A lot of it is it's is your conclusion is focused merely on the end, and the Cubs had a bad end, much like the year before, which I think is a much better season than than people realize. This season, this past Cubs season, was lost when they just ignored the bullpen in the early part of the season. Now I don't know how many games exactly we could go back and find that the bullpen blew or let a lead become bigger where they couldn't come back, but I bet I could find ten. And that's the division right there. So to me, the problems aren't that complicated. Um, now, when you get into the off season and you say, "Well, we've got all these constraints," you know, I mean, it's just hard for me to get there. And I, I, I've backed off a little bit because Brett at BleacherNation.com, who does an excellent job, broke down like how the revenue sharing would actually be affected if they go over the luxury tax again. And it's a, it's a fair chunk of change. They, they could end up, it could cost them what between 40 and $50 million. That's on the high side, but yeah, it's, it's like no less than 30, 25, 30, and could be as much as 45, 50. That's a lot of money. Now, do I think the Cubs have it? I do. And a lot of this blame actually goes to MLB as a whole and the CBA and the players union for kind of rolling over and taking this CBA and we'll see what happens next year. Um, but it's still hard for me to fathom. Like you come out and you say, well, our redesign of the park, our construction of everything around it went 500 million over budget. Okay. Well, you, did anyone get fired because of that? Did we, did we let anyone go? How can you sit there and say, well, yeah, we spent 500 million more and, and, and just act like everything's fine. And you keep saying, well, that's a different part of the business. doesn't affect this. Well, it obviously does. Um, and I just, I just don't think five years, that's all we're talking about here is five years from 2015 to last year, 
is enough to say, okay, now we have to restart. Like that's just that doesn't. You knew all these players were coming through your system. This was the idea. The idea was you were going to tear it all down, bring these players through your system, and make a make a great team for a lasting time. You had to know eventually you're going to pay them. And to cl- to cry poor right now when you have the second highest price ticket in the league and you sell out every game. I see all the luxury streets. I'm not allowed in them, but I see them. I see the buildings. I see everything. And you're going to just tell me the money's not there. Well, then either you're lying or you're really bad at this business or you're both. And uh, the whole idea of, well, we got to restock. We got to we got to step back a little bit. You do that. So you get a player like Chris Bryant. That's the whole point. The whole point of this is to get a Chris Bryant, to get a Javi Baez, to get a Wilson Contreras and bring them through. You've done that. And now you're just telling me it's not worth it. That, that as soon as they want to make any money, this is not worth it to you. And I, I, I just can't get, I can't get behind that. It's, it's the hedge fund bros have, have come to baseball, and I think they're ruining it. I, I, what's the point? I mean, if all we're going to get is four or five years, then that doesn't add up for me. I mean, hey, that doesn't mean 2016 means less to me. It will never mean less to me. But I can have that and still complain about the future. You waited 108 years. I'd like to think you'd want some sort of dynasty or, or a couple more kicks at the can, and they just don't seem interested. And I can't, I just, I can't, I can't get behind it. I can't, I can't reconcile it. The the idea of of trading Chris Bryant, I I just, I I struggle with it. It's ludicrous. I I really do. And I I, mean, I had a a really good conversation. Speaks and I went back and forth on it. He made some some good arguments about it. But at the end of it, the idea is you're looking for players like him. Mm-hmm. And I think the fans have gotten to a point where they accept the idea of, well, we want the great players. We just want them cheap. And, and I think that, that's, that's a t- that, that allows for teams to not do the right thing by the player. Yeah. And it really bothers me. That's, it shouldn't be a fan's concern what a player makes. And now <laughs> I know people are going to hear that. And like, well, what about everything you've written about Brent Seabrook? I get it. But <laughs> my problem with Brent Seabrook's contract has nothing to do with Brent Seabrook. He, well, you know, he, he, he earned that contract because they offered it to him. Uh, it's not my concern what Chris Bryant's going to make when he becomes a free agent. You just pay him that. He's earned that. And I think people forget that this guy's on track to be the greatest Cub ever. Like, even with his two injury-riddled seasons, like, if you go by war or whatever statistics you want, 10, 12 years down the line when he should still be playing, assuming he doesn't keep getting hurt, he's going to be the greatest Cub ever if he stays. And you're just, like, fine with him just being dealt for prospects? I mean, you know, I like Victor Robles, but that's – that's he ain't, he's not Juan Soto, you know? Like, he's, he's, he's a project still. Like, that – the idea that they have to step back in 2020 when you've already stepped back in 2019, like, no one should accept that. that, that that's ridiculous. And, like, yeah, okay, the argument is they spent – they have bad contracts. Well, what's a really bad contract? Jason Hayward? I mean, he's not – a He's not a whole a sucking sound on the team. You know, he gives you something. You Darvish's contract looks like a bargain now. So where is this bad money that Tom Ricketts is blaming Theo Epstein for that he can no longer provide it? I just, I mean, if you want to blame Theo Epstein for producing no pitching whatsoever, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. But the idea that you have to trade not only your best player, but possibly your organization's greatest player ever to restock your farm system, I'm not, I'm not having it. I'm just not going to buy it. So Fells made his opinion pretty well known in our conversation. I am curious about yours on this, and you can hit me up on Twitter if you want. At Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. It has been a bizarre offseason for the Cubs. As weird as, as one has been 
under this regime. I mean, early on, you kind of knew that they were what they were doing and they were trying to clear the decks and get high draft picks and that sort of thing. But now, even after a season where you were in contention until the last week of it, to go from that to this, this could be a very strange season for the Cubs and a weird time to launch a network that still doesn't have a home on Comcast, which has like a million homes in Chicagoland. Things are interesting, and we'll keep covering them. Thanks for listening. I'll have something new for you tomorrow.